0: Here's Josh Cohen,
2: and welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. It took me 87 episodes to start the show with a frog in my throat, but we finally got one. The Dwight Clark episode—that's never happened before.
0: Not in any of the 87 shows. Has I've happened. done
2: a radio show for 21 years, and I've never had a. But there, it shows frog you thing. that
0: there is a first time for everything. for everything.
2: Yeah, but I got it cleared. Now it came on right as the music stopped. Episode 87, you call it
0: Dwight Clark. That's the catch. So I didn't do that. Kenny handles that. You know, could be um, gronk. You know, I mean, 87. But nobody, nobody
2: calls it the throw. No, no. Notice that? Nobody calls it the throw. No. It's always called the catch. Uh, regardless, it is uh, already to 87. Hard to
0: believe we have come this far, and yet you've not had this young man as a guest. Well, so anyway, that he, was not for lack of inviting him. He's too busy. It just shows you the entrepreneurial spirit, my mm-hmm. friend, Brett Frazee. Frazee. Like crazy. crazy. (laughs) Frazee like crazy. (laughs) Like crazy. And I say friend because I was fortunate to meet him a bunch of years ago, and he had heard about me training, sat down, had a really good conversation with him, and I really didn't have anything planned. It wasn't a business yet, and because of the work I was able to do with him, which led me to places... Uh, for his company, Enterprise Fleet, around the country. So I have a fond uh, place in my heart for him. I'm glad that he's finally here. But he's going to talk about how to be an entrepreneur inside of a corporation, which I find to be the most fascinating conversation. Vice
2: for. President, Enterprise Fleet Management, Brett Frazee is in crazy.
1: Welcome
0: to the podcast.
1: Thanks. an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, Steve said very first ever. Huh? How'd that come about? You know, it was uh, a, a guy that I had already done work with, who was in uh, involved in United Way. Correct. Uh, mentioned my name, and he's he. We he reached out to me. We had a cup of coffee, and we really enjoyed talking football, talking business. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I think I want some help." And jumped in, and you know, worked with his team. And now he's on fire, and he's, he's
1: yeah. They, they just
0: won an award. <laughs> and,
1: and what was it? Maybe six, seven years ago.
0: I think so. I think it's right at the head. Of when I started to move away from the on the balls marketing stuff mm-hmm. into more sales
1: consulting, but sales the way training. you said now he's on
2: fire, it sounds like cause and effect. All the successes do, of course, to Stephen. Well,
1: absolutely, and about a thousand cups of coffee, and
2: about a thousand
0: cups of coffee. At him, least when he sat down, do, you know. I mean, because he's, and here's the other part: people that I worked with are now working in other p- parts around the country mm-hmm. in their own leadership roles. So that's how you know you're doing something right when culture is working and. People, for sure. you get them to a place where they grow. You know, it's
2: pretty mm-hmm. neat. All right, so you play a little college football in Colorado State. I did. You learn about teamwork and about do your job and counting the man next to you to do their job. But apparently, that's you're not a Florida guy. You no, go Colorado how'd you, guy. How'd you wind up here?
1: That's a good story. So, uh, rewinding a little bit, uh, actually sold advertising, um, like a lot of the folks in the building prior to really going to Enterprise. Oh, wow. And so, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough because you're selling air, right? I mean, it's like, hey, this is going to do a lot for you. And I had a, another former player and a fraternity brother of mine say, hey, you got to come to this enterprise. And, you know, you don't uh, major in renting cars or, or leasing cars mm-hmm. in college, believe it or not. I haven't found There's that major no course yet. for that yet. I'm looking for that. <laughs> uh, trust me. You take them all, right? <laughs> yeah. So I started in Colorado probably actually about 23 years ago next week. So... Um, wow. I opened up Northern Colorado and Wyoming for the company and, and ran Alabama for a few years and Michigan mm-hmm. for a few years. And so I've been here about 11.
0: Wow. So is it, does everybody come through the rent-a-car part and then sort of go, yeah, they have, a, they have great
1: training. I mean, that- they do. And, and so that's, uh, about 98.8% of the people do, we, you know, we, every once in a while we'll find somebody with a very select skill uh, that will go outside, but most, most everybody comes from within. That's part of the secret sauce is... You know, the, the, your supervisor, leader, the CEO of our company started as a as a branch manager or a, a management assistant. So, Is that right? Yeah, wow. Home,
2: So it's a very homegrown
0: culture. It's all homegrown.
1: It's
2: a get them here, keep them here, and then move on through. Based
1: um, in St. Louis? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. So, so
2: we all know enterprise synonymous with rental car and, you know, picking you up and, you know, television commercials during football, whatever you watch on TV and branding that. Steve surprised me before we began the podcast by saying, that it's a very entrepreneurial culture, which would be perhaps uh, you know counterintuitive to what we would what we would
1: believe. Right? How so? Ironically enough, the uh, "We'll Pick You Up" um, came from similar role that I had in South Florida about 20 years ago, uh, and he started it. The company liked it; they picked it up as a as a national uh, ad campaign, and it worked. But yeah, so every branch that you go in, um, whether it be a, a, a division branch like mine or a local branch, that branch manager is, um, they're paid on the bottom line of that branch. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's awesome. yeah. So, so there's
2: incentive and motivation.
1: Absolutely. And then just to make sure that that doesn't get out of whack from a checks and balances standpoint, um, they can't get a larger business unless their customer service is at a certain level. So it keeps you from making bad decisions, um, for the wrong reasons and keeps our customers happy. And it's, uh, you know as you mentioned it's as entrepreneurial as you get
0: Uh, yeah to understand that all the the decisions in that branch roll up to you that was rare to me you know normally they sort of leave a guy out there and they say you can run sales sort of but the other decisions like you know you're going to redo your office that's your decision that's a bottom line decision that comes out of Mm -hmm. what you do so i i hadn't seen that before and then to see you actually make those moves, be in the community, do the things you do. It really is your business. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you're, um, one of the things we talk about in the book is the mentality of giving to get, and you're, you know, involved in a bunch of charities.
1: Yeah. As you, as you mentioned, um, you know, we met uh, via the United Way of Broward mm-hmm. County. I sit on the board here, the United Way of Palm Beach, and and we, you know, really feel like being involved in our community is the best way um, to get involved. That's the only way to get involved. So, we have, you know, every one of our senior leaders, um, we hope, is involved. And, in, uh, you know, it's paid off for us. Uh, so you said hope. So it's not mandatory. No. W- again, entrepreneurial, right. we don't mandate a lot. <laughs> we, we ask <laughs> a lot. I and, and I think people uh, respond to that, right?
2: Well, culturally, I mean, that's different. That's a, probably a different way the industry operates, no?
1: Um, well, I, I can't speak to the industry, but I know that, um, you know, Thankfully, our competitors are public and we can see their numbers. They can't mm-hmm. see ours because we're private. Right. Um, so I'm pretty confident we're doing well versus the competition in, in most of our business lines.
2: Technology so how- changes everything, right? We talk about all the time. Without Techn- a doubt. You can do anything and everything on your phone in your pocket. It's more technology than we had when we sent the man to the moon in the entire capsule. It also created rideshare, which allows people right. to get a ride when they wound up in a town. They might have rented cars and they went to Vegas or Orlando and now they don't. How does technology like that shift your business model? Oh, great.
1: Uh, that's a fantastic question. And in our business, transportation um, technology is, is rapidly changing everything from, you know, driverless cars and, and like you said, rideshare and Uber and, and Lyft. And um, so, you know, our ownership group is on the forefront of that, and, and they're constantly looking at different uh, business lines and, and uh, different avenues just to stay ahead of the competition. And to make sure, most importantly, we're driving the, the right customer experience.
2: Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what Driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Unintentional. <laughs> I practiced that.
0: Today. Yeah. But so uh, one, but one the, of the questions I had please. was, you know, when I first met you and you <laughs> said, Enterprise, I instantly went to rent a car. Right. And I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for a rent-a-car. How do you maneuver that? Because I know in the beginning we dealt with your <laughs> salespeople, too, where you're the go-to guy. Oh, hey, I need to rent a car on Saturday. Can you, like...
1: Yeah, that's actually a good problem. People
0: don't know necessarily that there's this
1: whole business unit, you know. Right. And actually the business unit that I work for is, um, you know, we were the very first business unit and um, Jack Taylor, who was our founder and who lived here in uh, Palm Beach for for many years. Yeah. He just passed a few years ago. Um, He started us as a leasing business and that evolved over the years and Believe it or not, when I started 23 years ago, I'd call people and they'd never heard of Enterprise. Enterprise, rent a car, nothing. So the last 20 years have been amazing. So now, you know, our team calls people and it's like, I don't need to rent cars. And so it takes us a little bit to get into it. Um, But once they understand who we are and what we do, and now our brand, we're going to be the largest, if we're not already, uh, fleet management company in the U.S. um, any day now. So So why uh, don't you
0: tell, because there's lots of different people listening, why don't you say what you actually do?
1: So uh, fleet management companies, in, in particular enterprise, we go to corporations, government entities, colleges, any, anybody that owns or operates a fleet of vehicles, mm-hmm. and we help them manage that process better from acquisition to disposal. So uh, they're not in the fleet business. They're in the government business mm-hmm. or the, you know, the delivery business. Our job is to keep them in their business so that we can help them lower their costs and improve their, their efficiencies. Interesting. Pretty cool. Because
2: people don't realize, I think, you know, what what this business really is all about, this industry. But this is an entrepreneurial spirit show. It's a sales motivating show based on the book and hardcover paperback and, of course, an audio uh, tone as well. (laughs) So do you remember your first foray into entrepreneurialism? Do you remember? Because you're fostering this culture and living this culture, but you've been with this company for so long.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I do remember, you know, going back to my days as a salesperson when, um, you know, my manager at the time came in and said, hey, here you go. Here's our goal. And like what? I said, now what do I do? Right. <laughs> I like, yeah. Well, that's why I hired you. So mm-hmm. you figure out how to do it. And uh, here's a couple best practices. And so that's um, was really my first exposure to that, you know, and, and we developed training materials for each other, um, you know, as we got, more developed in the business we went out to hire guys like steve to help us and um and we just kept piling on the good stuff or what we thought was the good stuff and anything that made us better and um and that's we've got folks all over the country that's you know how we bred them Now,
0: now do you take that mentality from football or sports in general because you know when i hear you say and this was i can remember it exactly it was when social media was really starting to enter the sales game you were one of the first guys six years ago who said, if this helps my people get better, I'm going to support it. And and we did early, early we did. training.
1: Yeah, was, you, you, you all did a great LinkedIn training. And right. then we, we And one of the things that we did, and that's a two-part question maybe, is um, the one thing I liked about what we did with you is we brought social media to the table. Mm-hmm. But social media doesn't stand alone. There is some good quality sales skills that you have to bring along with it, you know, like the old, old time sales skills. And I'm not talking about closing techniques. I'm talking about sales skills. So that's really when we melded those two together, I felt we, we had something. Um, but to answer your first question, I don't know if you know this, but, um, our company hires more college athletes than any company in the United States. Really? Because unfortunately we don't make the top half of the class, uh, most of the time. (laughs) No, I I say that joking. (laughs) I certainly didn't, but, um, But we hire competitive people Mm -hmm. because if you're competitive, you're ethical, uh, you know how to work in a team, uh, and you like individual results like many of us do, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, sales is a good business for you. Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting. I didn't realize that, but I saw today on social media, Mike Stewart, who is I think one of the guys that I worked with in New York, was like this competitive track guy and won an award at Binghamton. And it was in social media, and I was like, you know what? I didn't even realize that he was an athlete, but now when I look at it, it totally makes sense. But that's my oh, design.
2: Absolutely. This is this is my design. Absolutely. Y- you want not just for the competitiveness, but also there's got to be an aspect of the teamwork side. For sure. Right? If you knew your job, as I mentioned earlier, I do mine. I didn't realize that you know that was an intentional plan, but it, I guess it makes sense.
0: You, you know what? We learned that from Jim Bennett, um, which is a great one for me to send you, mm-hmm. and maybe a good guy for you to meet who just moved to Lauderdale. But he made a career of hiring Division Three athletes who ah. knew what it was like to get on a bus and get a. Because there's no aid. entitlement. There's no entitlement, and there's no entitlement lingerie, at all,
2: and there's nothing and his that. His
0: value prop. It's a the love them, of the game. His value prop was: I will teach you the next game like they already knew whatever sport they were in, but that's all they necessarily knew. Love he that. said I will teach you how to talk to CEOs and he sold his company for an unbelievable number. That's God good. God bless him. Absolutely. But it works because that all of the other things were there except all right, how do I do what I do not on that field? How do I do it in the boardroom? Right. And a lot of your guys you know, even in, you know, when they play golf on Saturday morning, or are competitive. Oh, they're
1: competitive. That's, yeah, they're
0: crazy. You know?
2: How does managing, you know, hiring, managing, overseeing this generation of millennials, how is this different than us Gen Xers and, and those before? Um, because they've had almost instant access to anything. They have short attention spans and they have instant gratification, unlike any other that we've seen in the history of mankind. Is it different for you all now? Uh, recruiting, hiring, training, and maintaining the the millennial uh, generation?
1: It's a little different. I I would say once you hire that core competency you're looking for, you know, millennial, Gen X, whatever, I I think there are still those people out there. I think what has changed a little bit is is how we integrate them um, to the system. Um, For example, we've found that, at least in our business, hiring two Competitive people at the same time is far more effective than hiring one because wow. they self motivate and mm-hmm. and that's really money well Who's spent. Who's going to
0: start a quarterback?
1: Right? Yeah. You what? Know, exactly.
0: That's a great and all of the shows we've had, nobody's brought that up. That's a winning idea.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I do, and I, you know, thankfully I have you know several thousand employees to recruit from when I look for the top salespeople. But I, I, I go through the recruiting process just like a college. Program would go through recruiting. I, I look at numbers and stats, and we meet people. We have coffees. I, when I joked earlier, coffees. I literally have fifteen to twenty or thirty coffees every month. Not fifty, but a lot. Right. And a lot of those are internal, just so I can get to see who you are and what you are and what motivates you. And and that's really, I think, what's changed is we don't we we just don't post and pray for salespeople. You know, mm-hmm. maybe where post we used to pray. do that. You know,
2: and I imagine that you're going on vibes. That you're getting a feel. As we talk about, if it's not somebody that you want to have a beer with, not somebody you want working with you for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're in the and, bunker together. I mean, when, right. when I worked with your team, they were close-knit on their own. Oh, yeah. You know, like I was the outsider coming in, and it was great because they made a decision, not your decision, whether I was in or not. Right. They made that.
1: Well, they invest in their careers. Correct. Yeah, and, so. and my job is to coach them and get out of the way and let them – do what they do best, hopefully better than I do, right? So huh. that's that's really the secret. If, if I can have, you know, 15 or 20 people that are way better at me than selling out there in the, in the field, more power to and me. And you're good with that. Absolutely. And
2: Some people have egos. Steve, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking to you <laughs> and about you at the same time. Some people have egos where it's, hold on, young man, you know, all right, or young woman, but, but know that still, to be successful on this level – you need to recognize those that do things better than you and embrace that because it's your team goal once again right
1: absolutely and and again the more they do the more i do I, there's no there's no set limit there's no sales quota there's no sales limit no income limit it's great go out there do the right thing for our customers hmm. and 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 things will pay off but but
0: it validates the fact that you are who you hang out with right so when you have that type of culture it rises on its own. Everybody gets better because you have to; otherwise, you get blown out.
1: It right, just don't fit. You know, well, like, we, we have some attrition, like every company does. Right. We like to think that our attrition is less because of our hiring, but yeah, we do. You know, we, we go through the same uh, testing and uh, assessments and and you know rigorous interviews as everyone else, but some of it's gut, and you know, some of it is. Do they are they going to fit in or to our team atmosphere? Are they going to drive something that we don't have? Do we have that quarterback that can throw at ninety five? you know, yards down the down the field. No, but that that's a person right there. Okay.
2: You're a nope. man you're a manager, you oversee these folks. Um, lots of people who listen to this podcast are trying to get to that level. Some are, and they're trying to get better at it. Everyone recognizes mistakes that others make and even themselves as well you should because the idea with mistakes is great, learn from them, don't make the same one again. What are the biggest mistakes you see others in management, other VPs, others that oversee, the mistakes you see them making and you almost want to wish and send them an an email or tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, try this instead?
1: I call that tuition. Yes. I've paid that tuition. And I try not to pay it twice. Okay. Um, So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of those. And the biggest, you know, I I would say hiring wrong, um, hiring too quickly or for the wrong reason is the one thing I see a lot, whether it be in my industry and in other industries. You said hiring too quickly.
2: Something they're in a hurry to snatch folks up, right? And they haven't evaluated whether or not that is a core character for this team.
1: Correct. Yeah, they they just don't do their homework. They don't do um, to see if that person is going to be you know the right fit. I can tell you, it's really expensive to hire the wrong person.
0: Oh, like I don't think people understand. It's unbelievable. The, the
1: how expensive that now, is. Now,
2: why do they hire too fast? Because it's easier for them or because they're afraid this candidate may get, get away and go somewhere else?
1: Well, I think it's probably a little bit of both, especially in an economy like today. Uh, you, you it's all, competitive. Oh, it's competitive. Yeah. It's, what is it, 3%? It's mm-hmm. hard to find good people. Man. Oh, You go, it's service industry right now right. is a great example. Right. <laughs> I think <laughs> you can see. but um, So people get nervous. How am I going to grow without people? How am I going to grow? Well, I can tell you how not to grow is hire the wrong person. You know, what's
0: interesting is that it... it, it is a fundamental part of growing business, growing your life. It's all about process. And one of the things that when I brought my son Mark to ESPN here, there was a very, very strict process that even though they knew me and they sort of knew him, he had to go through every single step of that process, which was arduous. I mean, it was... He was like saying, when are they going to pull the trigger, you know? Culture
2: with ESPN West Palm with GKB is very different.
0: Very different. And they took it seriously enough that every candidate goes through that. We had Joe Mullings on here who is a, you know, a recruiting company. He had a 12-part process that I referred somebody to him. And he called me up and he goes, she made it 11 steps. I wanted to hire her. My team wouldn't let me do it. They wouldn't let me get out of the process because she would have failed. That's right. And, and so the discipline to stay with that
1: is insane. Especially when you when you maybe have a rash of of uh, you know, folks that leave or whatever, and you you know you've got a big that's portfolio for- to manage. Yeah, it's what do I do? And so you know I can tell you that's probably been you know I had you've met some of these guys that I I really studied. We hired. We lucked out. To some extent, hiring them, and they've been the foundation of our business. You know, what you come,
0: you know, there's a great sports analogy too is that most sales teams, and this is a big challenge, this recruiting thing, for they don't have any bench. So the minute somebody goes fickle. Next man up, where are you? Where are you? You have nowhere to go. You lose all your leverage because, and that's what is demise, the demise of a sales culture is if you let one. Be bigger than the hole. That's right. And that happens a lot, where people make concessions because they're afraid. You got to put five guys in, or football, you got to put eleven guys in. You got to play with eleven. If you only have ten, what do you do? Throw somebody else in, who throws the whole thing away. So well, fascinating I, conversation. On
1: that note, when I, if I need one or one and a half people, I always hire two. Right. For one of the reasons I discussed, but also there's that bench, right? I'd rather be overstaffed than understaffed because you know people can generate revenue. And I'm, you know, blessed to work for a company that allows that and and encourages me to make those decisions.
2: And that's why the company's been as successful as it has and has become what it's become because synonymous. When I think rent a car, I think of immediately pick you up. You hear the phrase, I think of that branding. So it all ties together. Super Bowl is coming to South Florida Mm -hmm. and we understand that you guys are going to be very integral and involved there within.
1: Well, yeah, we have, um, are you talking about the city down there or, okay. Yeah. So um, one of the things that, thank you for asking is um, we've been, uh, we earned the business to supply that city, Miami Gardens with their fleet of vehicles, Wow, um, which they are, uh, they're a great city, well-run city, very progressive. And um, so we're hoping that the manufacturers build and get these things in time. So everybody sees some brand new Miami Gardens vehicles. For what's happening in January? Or February? what's happening in January. Wow. Or February, yeah. It's, wow. it's a tight time frame. So, so
0: you have cars that are not have not been built yet?
1: Necessarily. Yeah, we order wow. them right from the manufacturer. Yeah. How do you sleep at night, dude?
2: <laughs> Plenty of time to <laughs> <you laughs> get that done. Right. I'm, I'm a big uh, believer that words matter. And um, they evoke different emotional uh, response. They elicit thereof. And I think that there's certain phrases. There's a word that you used right there. And I want you to tell me whether or not it was deliberate because this is, you know, again, Brett being vice president or this is truly how you just think in the word that came out. You said we earned their business. Now we got, now we received, but you said you earned it. And I think that's such a crucial term of gratitude that indicates we did the work. They were willing to trust us. And now this partnership is born. Is that because he talks about ESPN West Palm, Steve does, and Goodcomer Brands. Beyond hiring, there's terminology that's different. These aren't advertisers or sponsors. They're partners. Right? It's not closing a deal. It's opening a partnership, a that's relationship. Right. That's so right. so when you said earned, where does that come from? That's a great way to think.
1: Well, and, that, and you use words like partnership and open. We don't close deals. We open opportunities and relationships. So we do the same thing. But um, in our business, when you're making millions and millions of dollars worth of decisions, um, you don't do it lightly. And there's a lot of steps that go there. And that sales dance, if you will, is very deep. Mm-hmm. And you, you earn rapport, you get the rapport of the, of the other person. Hopefully you have their rapport as well, right? So it's definitely symbiotic and, and it's not an overnight process. So everything that my salespeople do, they truly earn. I, I'm very fortunate proud to have them. Amen.
0: That's incredible. Well, what's the number one weakness that you see either on your team or in other teams? I'm just curious, do you see some glaring miss?
1: Um, you know, I think sales in general, we're, we're uh, hungry and sometimes we skip steps and we try to make it uh, what it's not. And I so I see that as a, as a glaring opportunity in general. Um, uh, the sales. reason
0: why I ask is that um, I recently wrote a new program called Prospecting University and I wrote it because people get trained a lot on products and services and features and benefits and then they go, go out and sell it. Well- who do I sell it to? When do I sell it? How often do you like that part of the training is a miss and there's so many new tools and so many new ways to prospect. Like, does anybody really pick up the phone anymore? So to think that you could do that by any kind of calling, do you, if I tried to reach you by phone, is that a reality?
1: Could I do that? It would be difficult. It would be difficult by design. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, but to your point, I think, it's a process, and it's it's not one-sided. It's Correct. not phone calls only like it used to be. It's not just social media or LinkedIn. It's not, you know, drop-bys or whatever it is. It's all of the above.
0: Fantastic comment because I think in what I've seen and learned, people think LinkedIn is a silver bullet, and there is no silver bullet. It's a combination of lots of things similar to football. You wouldn't just, you know, you have to be able to throw the ball sometimes.
1: Right. Yeah, we all know what happens to a team that's too one-sided,
0: right? (laughs) Speaking of football, um,
2: you've been in this business a long time and in management, now vice president accordingly. Is there a specific moment that you draw upon from a football game, from a football practice, that when you need to speak to the troops or kind of motivate or inspire that you draw upon? Because I know that you know, I watched, rewatched the Jimmy Valvano speech when, when he had just a month and a half to live. Incredible. And he talked about being the coach at Rutgers for freshmen and reading the Vince Lombardi book. And there's three things that all that matters. And it's God and your family and the Green Bay Packers. And he was going to emulate the speech with the freshman at Rutgers and he busts in the door and he says, only three things that matter. God and your family and the Green Bay Packers. And the <laughs> kids are like, what the hell are you talking We all remember, those of That's us it. that play sports, there was a game right there was a play there was a practice a moment and it stays with you through your life is a learning teaching example to totally. share it with others do you recall one being in high school or Colorado State
1: I do yeah Earl Bruce was the head coach um at Colorado State and there he you, go. you know he he was not an easy guy he was all of about five nine but he was tough as nails mm-hmm. and um I remember him just yelling at me and others are you hurt or are you injured you know, you can't play injured, but you can play hurt, yep. and it talks to the heart, right? Do you have the heart to play or do you not have the heart to play? You know, and and I, you know, and that wasn't a one-time instance. That happened a lot. Um, but but I will tell you I've used that over and over again in, in an analogy, you know, in our business. And I'm stealing it. Because <laughs> that
0: is fantastic because ultimately, no matter who you're working with, it all is in the heart. It's what they bring to the table every day. You know, you know, my son who recruited a lot. So people with great talent, no heart, no work ethic, doesn't work anymore. You need to have that combination. Right. You know, and that's I love the way that's put Heard I never heard that before either. Are you come on. injured or you're hurt? I never heard
2: that. For, for for forty years on television and football games, they say players say there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. I Parcells never heard says that. It. Wow. They all wow. really or never, heard never it? paid
0: attention. You
2: there's know. a difference right. between being injured and I being hurt. It. I love it. And sometimes else come to work, you know, when, when you're when, when you're hurt, but right. you know, injured. That's a different level. That's right. And that's how it should be.
0: You've never really heard that before. Uh, you know, it doesn't resonate mind. with me. Here's one of the challenges. I'm writing so much content now, Mm -hmm. you know, that I don't know where I heard something or if I heard it or, you know, so that one doesn't resonate with me or it does right now. Like hearing it now, it just jumped to the head of all the things that are on my plate because that's easy to understand.
1: Right. You know, there's
0: no vat on that one. That's there's your fastball like.
2: I got a lot of friends who look are, in the
0: mirror, buddy. Right. You know? I got
2: a lot of friends who are fighters in the UFC, and some who've had great success. And then now they're trying to get that belt back. And others on their way up. And I just remind them, you know, somebody is going to have what you want. Why not you? Right. Right. Yeah, you. Absolutely. It, it takes zero talent to try harder than the next guy. It takes zero tra- talent to give us all the effort that you possibly can. So, somebody's going to have that belt. Why not you?
0: I mean, it's awesome. I mean, just this whole dialogue, you know, keeps going back to mind, spirit. It doesn't matter what you're selling. You know, had you and I had that first cup of coffee and you didn't like me, nothing happens.
1: That's right. Zero. You
0: know, So
1: that's right. It always
0: starts with some connection mm-hmm. and then, hey, wow, I like this guy. And maybe there's something he can do to help me. I think more salespeople need to understand that. That, you know, and and it just reminded me that people ask me all the time, when is, when is the close? Mm. Like, I need to, you know, like, when does the close happen? No, The close happens in the first three seconds and then the rest takes care of itself. Like the book
2: blank, you know, immediately what's what. Yeah. Uh, Last question before we wrap this up. Um, For those who are now at a certain level in their careers that listen to this and they want to go to the next level and they want to be where you are, Brett, there must be a couple of musts you must do this, you must do that, maybe you must not. What advice would you give to those that have maybe been that same zone and they're ready to try to go to, as we call it, level up? What would you tell them?
1: Well, I'd tell them to look in the mirror. That's the first thing I'd say and and ask themselves, are they owning everything that they can do? Are they bringing it? Are they positive in the office or the environment that they're there? Um, And if they're not, that's the first thing that they need to fix to get there. Um, and you know, hopefully they're in a situation where if they bring it, they can get that. And, uh, most companies will provide that at some level, right? Maybe not to the level of enterprise, but, but it all starts with the person in the mirror for sure.
2: Amen. Brad Frazee, vice president, enterprise, awesome. enterprise fleet management. Appreciate uh, I mean, I the can't time wait to
0: go through this. Cause there's so many gems in this one. I mean, in 30 minutes to drop that, those kind of, I mean, it's fantastic. Appreciate you being with us. Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Thank you, sir. Stevie, as we wrap, we always ask you to tell us something
0: good. So why don't you do that as we uh, put number 87 to bed? I don't know that it gets much better than what we just did. I mean, there's, for me, I don't get charged up a lot. You lit my fire, brother, man. So, uh, you know what? I, are you injured or are you hurt? I love it. I mean, there's literally, there's five things that I'm going to pull out of this. That are really, oh, really yeah. relevant, and so I'm super grateful that you took the time to uh, to do that. And that is something good.
2: It's funny because I think about that phrase. I didn't play for Coach Bruce. I-, I think about that phrase all the time. I use that phrase all the time. You know, what's in you? What you know?
0: What's in you? You know, there's so many different ways to put things. Yep. You know that sometimes you just change the verbiage. Those four words. That's
2: right. Our Thanks again, Brett Frazee, Vice President oh. of Enterprise Fleet Management. Steve, you want to go for 88? There's
0: a lot of great 88s. We're going to keep doing it, yeah.
2: We'll keep doing it till we keep doing it. Anybody want to shout out? I know you got Winterfest ahead this weekend. We
0: got uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel. The boat parade is uh, yep. is uh, Friday. Lisa is Scott Grand, Folds. Grand Marshall uh, reception. Brett Michaels, I'll be there. Saturday is the, uh, the actual boat parade. I'll mm-hmm. be on. The Grand Marshal boat. Yeah, that's <laughs> heard great. Before with with Brett Michaels. Shout out South Florida Forest. Michelle is out of her mind about it. So shout out to all the people involved. Shout out to the event we just did. Shout out to Hard Rock because the Guitar Hotel is pretty cool. Yeah. So
2: Seminole Hard Rock Hotel Casino. It's a destination now. It's a global destination. Steve Nittelberg, Josh Cohen. Saying thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.